This is People Every Day. Coming up, Tiffany Haddish and Rick Ross stop by and get candid about their spending habits and share some financial advice. Plus, Britney Spears' father reacts to his suspension. Lizzo gives a TED Talk everyone's twerking about. And a new update in the never-ending Murdoch family mystery. It's September 30th. Hi guys, this is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Thursday, the last day of September, and I'm just happy to be here, I gotta say. So to start off, someone else that is looking pretty happy out there is Britney Spears. She hopped back on Instagram to share that she and fiance Sam Asghari actually skipped town for a much-needed vacation just ahead of yesterday's big bombshell conservatorship hearing that ended with her dad, Jamie, being suspended as her conservator. She posted a shot inside a small plane with the comment on cloud nine right now. And a source tells people she and Ascari left to, quote, take the stress off of the court proceedings, but that she is, quote, happy with the result of the hearing. Her dad, Jamie, on the other hand, his lawyer spoke out saying the court was wrong to suspend his client and instate a stranger in his place to manage Britney's estate. He called the court's decision, frankly, quote, a loss for Britney. Moving on to the most, I gotta say, erudite discussion on rump shaking to have ever taken place. (laughs) People got the exclusive today on my girl Lizzo's TED Talk about twerking, where she explains not only the history of the dance craze, but the significance she finds in that form of expression when it comes to her body and her confidence. Take a listen. I twerk to own my power, to reclaim my blackness, my culture. I twerk for fat black women because being fat and black is a beautiful thing. (laughs) I twerk because it's as natural to me as breathing. Black women invented twerking, and twerking is part of the revolution. We've been doing it. We're going to keep on doing it because we have and always will be the blueprint. And to that, I say twerk something, Lizzo. (laughs) In other news, Blink-182's Mark Hoppus truly has something to dance about. He shared the news with fans that he is now cancer-free. So earlier this year, he was diagnosed with stage four diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. But he took to his socials recently with a happy update, writing, just saw my oncologist and I'm cancer-free. Thank you, God and universe and friends and family and everyone who sent support and kindness and love. Still have to get scanned every six months and it'll take me until the end of the year to get back to normal. But today is an amazing day and I feel so blessed. So, so happy to hear that news. All right, now it's time for our weekly true crime Murdoch update. (laughs) Okay, maybe not weekly, but man, do we get some fascinating updates about this mysterious family. As you all know from our previous coverage of the Murdoch murders, mother and son Maggie and Paul Murdoch were mysteriously and fatally shot on the grounds of their family's hunting lodge back in July. Since then, there has been just a string of interesting updates. Among these, Alex Murdoch, the patriarch of the family, was shot in the head earlier this month. He's fine, superficial injury, but it came out that he himself had orchestrated the hit on his own life in an attempt to collect a $10 million life insurance policy for his remaining son, Buster. What? Also, he is currently under investigation for misappropriating millions of dollars of his law firm's money, which he resigned from recently. And now, the latest update, we're finding out that Maggie Murdaugh, Alex's wife, met with a divorce attorney six weeks before she was murdered. Honestly, things just aren't looking great for this man in 
any way, shape, or form. But here to help me unpack the implications of this new update is people Steve Helling. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you? So so when's the movie coming out about these Murdaws? Because I mean, <laughs> everything going on with this story is just, you can't write it. It just gets crazier and crazier. And the funny thing about it is that just when you think that it's over, something new ends up happening. Yeah, seriously. So, so the wife was meeting with a divorce lawyer just before her murder? Yes. About six weeks before she was killed, uh, Maggie Murdaugh went into Charleston. And she lives about an hour outside of Charleston. She went in and she had an exploratory meeting with a divorce lawyer. What we don't know for sure is you know, how serious she was. We just mm. know that she met with a lawyer. But by the time you're meeting with an attorney, you're certainly considering ending the marriage. Whether or not that had anything whatsoever to do with the end of her life, we don't know. Okay, and, and, and we had no inklings prior to this that there was trouble in paradise, right? Well, we had gotten certain, certain you know, reports that, you know, they were at a... At a, at a as a sports game and they weren't smiling and they were looking in other directions and things like that. But you know, anybody who's been married or in a relationship (laughs) knows sometimes you just have a bad day. Sometimes you just don't want to be around the person you're with. That's not, doesn't mean you want to divorce them. It doesn't mean you want to kill anybody. It just means today is not my day to be with you. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we do have some stress, some, some, um, some unhappiness, but that does not necessarily mean that a divorce was, was imminent until, yeah. of course, we heard that she met with Well, now, yeah, she took that next step. So I know Alex Murdaugh has been charged with conspiracy to commit insurance fraud and filing a false police report. That's due to the attempt on his own life that he helped orchestrate. But what does this new update mean for him concerning the murders of his wife and son? This is obviously separate from the murders of his wife and son. You know, th- this insurance scheme that he was alleged to have done. But that being said, you know, perception is a, is a big thing. And he goes from being this innocent victim whose, you know, wife and son were ripped from him to somebody who seems a lot more conniving, a lot more willing to break the law. So police are leaving no stone unturned. But in this case, he didn't do himself any favors. He certainly didn't make himself look innocent if that's what he was trying to do. Absolutely. Uh, Steve, thank you so much. Uh, We will likely talk again about this story. I bet we will. Uh, Thank you so much. Next up, Tiffany Haddish and Rick Ross candidly share their hard-won money advice. Stick around. You don't want to miss it. everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam.
Hi, guys. I am back, and we're talking money today. Yes, fall finances are top of mind for me. And recently, I had the pleasure of catching up with comedian, movie star, and oh-so-money-minded Tiffany Haddish, who has teamed up with ATTN and Chime for a new social comedy series called Hotline Cha-Ching, where she answers people's real-life, everyday financial questions and shares her hilarious money lessons. So here's a bit of our chat about this latest endeavor and why it was so important to her. I think the sooner you have an understanding of how money works, the easier life gets. Um, when you don't understand how it works, there's a certain amount of struggle that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I love when adults, you know, not that I'm an, I'm an adult now, but when I was younger, <laughs> You're an adult. when the elders would share with me their financial experiences, it was quite helpful. Like someone taught me, you know, oh man, I used to work at the airlines and, the, and I was like, dang, I never have enough money for lunch. And he was like, why don't you write down every day how much money you spend every single day? Every time you walk out the door, write how much money you spend, and then you'll start to be able to budget better. And oh my gosh, I realized I was spending so much money on dumb stuff. How did you finally become, like, I guess, comfortable? What, when would you say you, you switched into having a healthy relationship with money? Especially, as you say, it started coming in and coming in. You have a million jobs, girl. So <laughs> when do you think things switched over for you? Yeah, I would say I would say that my money relationship changed by like 2015. That's when by 2014, I you know I was reading books about money, getting a better understanding. And by 2015, it's like okay, I'm not in the house. I'm gonna do this, and just knowing that you know it, I I up my responsibilities, knowing that I am capable of making more money to pay for these responsibilities. For sure, for sure. So, so since since blowing up and 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 having you know the things that you would kind of you know wish for and knew you were going for since you were a kid, uh, what's something that you you splurged on um, outside of that dress, <laughs> outside of that beautiful white dress that we have seen so many times? Uh, what's something else that you splurged on, um, but you knew it was worth it? The first thing I splurged on was a microscope, and then lately, what? I've been, I, I, yeah, I bought a microscope. And then that was, back in, that was back in 2016, 2015. It was like $300 microscope. Why, Tiffany? Now, Why a microscope? Just because I'm a scientist, Janine. I'm a scientist. <laughs> okay. Okay? I like looking at germs. <laughs> I'm interested in nature. Okay. 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 Now, this recently in 2020, I bought a hyperbaric chamber. That was a huge splurge. Okay, that was a down payment on a little house in Texas. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's because I saw LeBron James, and he said he be in hyperbaric chambers. I said, well, if he is doing performing at his best, coming out of a hyperbaric chamber, I need to be getting a hyperbaric chamber too, so I can perform at my best. Look at that. LeBron James is a celebrity influencer. All right. Well, Tiffany is not the only one who is all about the Benjamins right now. Rick Ross gave me the lowdown on his extravagant lifestyle and the business acumen that he says got him there. He's got a new book out now called The Perfect Day to Boss Up. And so take a listen to our discussion about that and more. So I think it's all about finding a way to bring the best out yourself, not being burnt out, being excited, looking for, you know, uh, what's to come. And, you know, I like to be the first one in the room and the last one to leave. And that's just something that I live by. And I just give, you know, a lot of different ways you could bring that out of yourself. 
I really only put my hands on the things I really enjoy doing, things I really love. And everything else I'm invested in, it's just really things that I really enjoy. So I don't even really take it as work. Nice, nice. What kind of boss are you? And you have to be honest. What kind of boss is Rick Ross? I don't really accept too many excuses. Mm. Like uh, the ch- one of my ch- favorite chapters in the book is Gabos, which means to me, game ain't based on sympathy. Meaning if you want an opportunity, come sit at this table, make sure you leave all your complaints at the door. I know your great auntie died two months ago. I know you had to walk to college and it took four hours. And I know your ingrown toenail was hurting and all that, but I don't care about none of that. Only thing I care about is winning. And are you going to bring something to the table to help us go to the next level? Because everybody else at this table deserve to win. Oh, well, it's working. <laughs> it's a very successful approach. Um, <laughs> What would you say is something specifically in your in your background that has fueled you to be the businessman, to be the entrepreneur, the boss that you are now? Just growing up where I'm from, growing up in Carroll City, where I grew up at, I noticed as a youngster before nobody ever told me, walking to school, walking from school, the people who houses, you know, that was the yards were manicured, the houses, you know, had no rust stains or whatever it was. They were all people who worked for themselves. They, they may have had a, a landscaping company or a plumbing company or whatever it was. I saw a van in the front yard or a truck with equipment on it. And, and I said, wow, I want to work for myself. I always wanted to be associated with success and wealth, and I knew it right then. And so I started cutting grass. Then I still cut my own grass now. What? Do it out of facts, out of love. You and got I'm close to, 10 acres. I'm close How are you cutting 10 acres I'm of grass? I'm close to 400 acres. <laughs> I'm close to 400. I said 10, and me and my you, homies, 400. We, yeah, we go out there and, you know, and that's what it is. So it go back to me cutting grass. It go back to me working at the car wash. Me understanding you got to work for yourself if you really want to enjoy this thing we call life. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to have a few fun questions for you. First things first, uh, what's the most, would you say, expensive gadget you have and what does it do? Um, maybe my timepiece from Jacob. It retails for $3 million. It's called a billionaire watch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Does it make time, like, slow down? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You most definitely uh, enjoy time while you got it on. You most definitely enjoy it. Nice. So what's one thing that no one, you would say, like, not many people know about you? I mean, you you put it all in a book. Hurricanes is like, if you want to know Rick Ross, go pick up that book. But what would you say is, is one thing that people are surprised about? That's a good question. Is it me skinny dipping in my jacuzzi in the back room? I don't know, <laughs> watching Forensic Files. <laughs> That was rapper Rick Ross on his new book, The Perfect Day to Boss Up, and Tiffany Haddish on her new ATTN and Chime financial literacy series. For more on these stories, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. We are in the midst of Hispanic American Heritage Month, and in celebration, I want to highlight two women breaking barriers and shattering glass ceilings with one of my favorite things, which is wine. (laughs) Amelia Ceja and Lydia Maldonado, both descendants of migrant 
farmers are taking the wine industry by storm. You see, Seha of Seha Vineyards went from picking grapes with her father at age 12 to becoming the first Mexican-American woman president of a winery. Maldonado built Maldonado Vineyards with her high school sweetheart and husband. They constructed their winery in the hills of Calistoga, where they produced 10,000 cases of wine each year. This is what Seha told NBC about her father's legacy that continues to motivate her today. My father's journey changed the course of all the generations to come, not just ours now, but future generations. Well, cheers to that. Next time I'm in the Napa, Sonoma, Calistoga area, I am looking these places up. (laughs) Talk to you all tomorrow. 